The following programming is sponsored by Six Feet Over Under Productions. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, did you remember we're doing a show today? Uh, really, we're going to pick on the fact that right, <laughs> right before the show started, I said, did I? Did you see what I sent you? And you responded, and then my response was what? Uh, I'm old. I'm old. I <laughs> and I didn't say I it. Remember. I didn't bring it up. I wasn't going in that direction. I just wanted to show you. Yeah, the, you the were youth. pretty gleeful when, when it happened. I so. just wanted to send you the young people that were celebrating in, bas- in a youth basketball you're just, game. You're just happy right. because today we have two Eagles guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. We'll get to William Thomas uh, uh, trust later. Trust me, I tried for Giants guys. We'll get to William Thomas later. But now let's get started with uh, Eagles insider himself, Dave Spadaro. Dave, how you doing, man? Hey guys, how are you this weekend? How could we be better? It's divisional round of the playoffs. Oh come and the on, playing. Uh, Dave. Let's start with the fact that Jason's nervous. I'm always nervous. That has nothing to do with the Eagles playing. <laughs> <laughs> I would call it probably a healthy nerves. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably very healthy. Well, nervous. Jeff would say no, it's not, not, healthy. not if you saw Jason. It's Jeff, not Jeff healthy. would say it's not healthy. <laughs> but you know, talk to us about the atmosphere down there this week. It's the third time these teams are going to play in 42 days. Eagles coming off a week off, rested as much as they can. What's the feeling down there around the team? Yeah, it's been a really positive feeling. The the energy's been great. I mean, as expected, and and the practices have been really crisp. And I think it's very positive to get Lane Johnson back and to have Jalen Hurts performing at a high level in practice. So, um, yeah, it's been a great atmosphere, and I think everybody's just really ready to go. Well, I mean, I guess that's the number one concern for people is Jalen Hurts and is his throwing shoulder ready, ready to roll? Yes. From, from yeah, side. I think it is. I think it is. I don't think it, like I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the game? But he's not on the injury list. It's really I don't think it's the issue of throwing the ball. Is he going to run the ball? Is he going to run when there's opportunities to run? I think the answer will be a resounding yes. And look, you just hope that he does what he should do, even if he were not on any injury list ever. Don't take on defenders get down, run out of bounds, avoid big hits. I think that's the mission. And um, uh, But going into this, he's not on the injury list. Is, there, is he 100%? I don't know that. How close is he to 100%? I don't know that. Um, but there, there are no concerns. There are no excuses. He is ready to go. Jalen Hurts is ready to play like Jalen Hurts. Yeah, see, that. I, if, if, if I were a Jalen Hurts fan, that would be my biggest concern right now is, is Jalen Hurts going to forget just the physical part of it? Is he over the mental hurdle of it, and, or is he going to be a guy that's going to slide too early? Or is he going? Can the Giants defend the middle of the field because they know that he's going to try to run out of bounds instead of trying to go up the middle? I don't think there's a concern. Don't, yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. Were, this is the playoffs, okay? I mean, this, this, he's not going to run out of bounds if he's got a. 20-yard gain up the middle. If they blitz and there's a run lane, mm-hmm. I believe he will run the football. You will. I believe that there will be – you will not notice a difference with Jalen um, versus um, him now or whether he was injured. I just – I think you'll see Jalen Hurts be Jalen Hurts. Let's, let's look at the defensive side of the ball. The, the Giants uh, have the fourth-best rushing attack in the NFL. The Eagles, 16th-best uh, in terms of defending the run. Daniel Jones, in terms of containing him and Saquon Barkley, what are your thoughts on how you think the team's going to try and approach them as they go into this week? Yeah, I think, look, I think they had a really good approach in week 14. Um, they overwhelmed the, the Giants' offensive line. They pinched off the edges. 
Jones had four carries, 16 yards. Or I'm sorry, 26 yards. Barkley, I think they were kind of saving him for the Washington game the next week. So, um, you know, that was kind of the focus for the Giants. And that's really, to me, the, the, the really, really interesting chess match here. Giants clearly want to get Jones out of the pocket. 78 yards rushing last week. Playoff record for quarterbacks. Huge part of the win over the Minnesota Vikings. So how do the Eagles kind of limit that? And I don't necessarily think there'll be a specific spy, but you might see times where they spy Jones. Um, I think you play aggressive coverage on the back end. You mix things up and you win with four-man pass rush. And I think the Eagles really feel like they have a, a large advantage, particularly on the right side of the Giants offensive line where Evan Neal, the rookie, is there. Um, he's been really up and down all season. Uh, they've gotten good play from Andrew Thomas on the left side, but I think the Eagles feel like they've got a big advantage up front, and I think they will look to take advantage of it. This is a team that had 70 sacks in the, in the regular season, a, a league-best 70 sacks. I think they feel they match up very well against the Giants, and the, and the game on Week 14 would certainly s- serve as evidence of that. Yeah, 70, seven of those 70 sacks came in that Week 14 game. Yes. And you mentioned the right tackle, uh, Neil, over there. Hassan Reddick going up against him is, is you know, has, can he collapse the pocket and give them no time to set anything up? You look at the turnovers for the team. The Eagles are tied for fourth in the league and turnovers at 27. The Giants don't really give the ball up. That sort of is a game changer in the game. What do you expect to see out of the aggressiveness of the defense in terms of, rushing, bringing extra extra pressure, or kind of sitting back yeah, and no. playing coverage? Yeah, no, I think you don't have to. I feel, I don't think you really think, I mean, you certainly at times will show some some extra pressure, but with a four and five man pass rush, um, I think you'll feel like they can get home. They've done it all season. Um, yeah, I just don't feel like there's a need to, to look, the, the two biggest statistics in the Eagles' defensive repertoire are do not give up big plays. And they are defined as 10-yard runs and 16-yard passes and, and larger and, and take the football away. And they were really doing a great job taking the football away until these last five, six weeks when C.J. Gardner-Johnson was out, Avante Maddox is, has been out. So C.J.'s back. He'll play base, safety, nickel, cornerback. That's a, a great relief ball hawk. Um, but certainly the Eagles have not taken the football away at the rate they did in the first 11, 12 games of the season. So that is something – they must get better at if they want to win the Super Bowl. But I don't think you need to junk things up, man. I mean, look, I, I think you just play defense. This is one of the this defense led the league in pass defense, uh, among the league leaders in points allowed, second in the league in yards given up. I know how Eagles fans are with the blitz, and they don't want to see. Nobody <laughs> wants to see an 83-yard, you know, drive, 15 plays to open things up. So I don't think you let the Giants dink and dunk it down the field. So there's a bit of aggressiveness from that standpoint. Um, but otherwise, there's really no need to to reimagine the Jonathan Gannon defense. Just go out there, win your battles, be sound, play great football, and be a better football team. The Eagles are a better football team. Be a better football team tomorrow night. They, they may be better. They they are a better football team. They may be better. Uh, well, okay. They may be better. <laughs> the Eagles won 48 to 22, 48 to 22 in Week 14. Yeah, and, 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 and they called off and they called off the dogs in the at the end of the third quarter. So, uh, like, I get everybody's nervous, but like, just. The, the the level of confidence and um, I, I tell you, you don't go into this thing. There's no there's no been no tightness. You, you go in there and you play aggressive Eagles football. Yeah, you and dictate that, to the New York Giants. And, and luck, luckily, the Eagles fans are not on the field because the, what what I was about to say <laughs> was that even even though the Eagles on paper are much better than the Giants, and, and you look at the Giants receivers, they've improved over the season, but they're not great. 
the thing is, is that the Eagles run, at least from what I've seen, run a similar kind of defense to the Vikings, just with much better personnel. But they run this soft zone kind of defense. And the Giants do have the ability to to dink and dunk down the field. If the Giants get the ball first and are able to dink and dunk and then somehow get the ball into the end zone, you can just see this Eagles fan base just all of a sudden clenching up. I don't know if the team does that, though, Jeff. I know. That's why I said the lucky. But 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 do you yeah, see? Yeah, I, I think that I, I, I know I get it. I get it. I, I, I do think it's important to start fast. So we all, we're all, we're all um, having some um, PTSD after the Saints game. Yes. Okay? <laughs> well, J- Jason's still Eagles upset are- about that because of the draft pick. <laughs> well, it didn't really change. It's still the 10th pick overall. Yeah, we still ended up with the 10th pick. Yeah, calm down there. You're going to be okay there. Um, <laughs> you guys are crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that, look, it <laughs> – this is not going to be a 37 to nothing game. They're, the Giants are going to make some plays. They're a good football team. They've really been coached very well by Brian Dable. They believe in their quarterback. And Saquon Barkley is also an extremely dual-threat talent as a running back. He's great, great football player. So we give them all the respect in the world. We know that the Giants are not going to come in here uh, intimidated by the crowd, afraid of the Eagles. None of that stuff applies. So go out, take it to them, be more physical, play Eagles football, just like you did in week 14, just like you've done – for much of this season, Jalen Hurts is back. Lane Johnson is back. Um, the, the team is not thinking of the negative here. But I agree that nobody wants to see a, a Giants. Look, everybody wants to see the Giants get the football first. And if the Eagles win the toss, I guarantee you the Giants are going to get the football first. And so how do you set the tone? You take it to them. You take them off the field in three downs. You hit Daniel Jones. You stop Saquon Barkley. You get the football back. You put points on the board. Okay? That's, that's the game plan. You don't go in here playing scared. You don't go in here playing tentatively. You don't go in here playing tight. That is not the way to play football in the playoffs. Go play your game. That is the challenge for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see how much they learned from last year's experience of going to Tampa Bay and, and you know, taking a, a significant loss and then going into the offseason and really improving this football team. That's exactly what they've done, and it's a 14-3 and team. And let's go beat the Giants tomorrow night. So, so what you're saying is you don't think that the Eagles should start the game the way the Chargers, no. the way the Chargers played the second half of their game. <laughs> oh my! Well, look, I mean, look, at 27 nothing before the Jags scored late in that first half. Of course, man, what a perfect start for the for the LA Chargers. What a colossal history-making collapse. Um, you're not going to see that tomorrow night. You know, in in the game five weeks ago, the Eagles put up 253 rushing yards, 144 of them from Miles Sanders. And look, the Giants' defense, uh, their run defense is 27th in the league. The approach from the rushing game that, that you think this team's going to take out there tomorrow night? I think it depends on how the Giants play it. If you And I hate to be simplistic here, but I think if the Giants stack the box, you throw it to Devontae Smith and you throw it to A.J. Brown. If they're going to play light in the box, you run the football. Now, there's a lot of respect for what the Giants do inside with Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, two outstanding tackles, uh, and Lawrence has been just dominant in recent weeks, so that is certainly something to consider. He's got a huge size advantage over Jason Kelsey. He plays that zero technique right over the center. Uh, that is a matchup to watch, and uh, it's a difficult matchup for Jason Kelsey, but, I mean, do you think Kelsey's going to back down? He's, he, he no. made his fifth, his fifth Pro Bowl, right? So a fifth, fifth All-Pro, so... I just the Eagles match up in so many, and they're so versatile. Look to me, the key is don't turn the football over, score touchdowns in the red zone. If the Eagles had done what they did all season in Week 18, nobody if they had scored worried. touchdowns in it. Nobody would be nervous here. No, not My at gosh, all. The Eagles were one of five, and they were one of five 
in the red zone with a, with a quarterback who was not going to run and not going to jeopardize himself. He will run tomorrow night. If there are opportunities, Jalen Hurst will run the football, and a team that ranked number one in the league in red zone offense will have success in the red zone. I'm, I'm also wondering, it looks like Dallas Goddard against those linebackers may be a matchup that they can exploit. The linebackers didn't have their best game if, against the Vikings. There. Right, but, but again, the Vikings, the, the Giants, their philosophy was a smart one. They took out Justin Jefferson. Seven catches, 47 yards. Adam Thielen, three catches, 50 yards. That was their focus. You can't take away everything. So the Lions exploited the middle of the field with TJ Hawkinson and the tight ends. Irv Smith had a touchdown catch. Um, if, if, AJ, if, they, if they play double coverage on A.J. Brown and they want, to, they want to bracket coverage Devontae Smith, then Dallas Goddard will have a huge game. That's the whole point here. The Eagles have options. They've got to play smart. They've got to take what the Giants are giving them, and, and they've got the options to do that. That's, this is a championship-level team. This is a, this is a team that can beat you in a ton of ways. So it's, a, it's really when it's boring to hear, but it, when Jalen Hurts talks about going out and executing, that is truly the way it is. The, the Giants are you, – you can't cover – you can't bottle up everything here. So, you know, you got to figure out which, which options are available and, and make the most of those and exploit those opportunities. Well, one of those weapons that the Giants don't seem to be able to get under control when they play the Eagles is Boston Scott. What is it about Boston <laughs> Scott that he's – I think he scored 10 touchdowns in the last few years against the Giants – what is it yeah. about Boston Scott that they can't get under control? I don't know. Ten of his 17 career touchdowns come against the Giants. I mean, we talked to him this week about it, and he was, like, making jokes about, <laughs> I'm the smallest guy winning against the Giants. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, that's as good an explanation as I can think of. I, I, there's no explanation. Um, he's certainly been a factor. And, you know, look, again, that, depth of running back, huge. Going to Boston Scott, great. He, he, he'll be a factor in the kickoff return game as well. So, yeah, it's a little bit of mojo to, to, to think about as well. All right, so from, from what I gather, it appears you think the Eagles are going to win <laughs> Look at you. Win, win this game. You're like a wet blanket. No, no, the, 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 no I'm, my I'm job, the wet blanket. No, what I was about to say is that having Dave on this show saves people a lot of money on therapy on, on football weekends. Cause, yeah, I feel better. <laughs> see, uh, thank you, Dave, job. because Jason thank is going to feel a lot better. Thank you, Dave. Uh, uh, Look, the, Eagles, the, the Eagles need to play the game that they know they can play, that they've played all season. If they play a great game, nobody's beating them. So that, that's just the reality. This is an outstanding, complete football team. And the weaknesses that everybody's fretting over, uh, certainly, uh, look, I mean, you know, you can pick and, and go, well, well, I hope they don't come out and drive 17 plays and 75. Of course, nobody wants that. But the, they've shown throughout the season um, that they're just a really outstanding football team. And they've got a quarterback who's terrific, who's an MVP player, a host of weapons. They're better than the Giants on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So just go play a really good football game. And I think, look, the Eagles have been prepared all week. The energy, again, is high. The concentration focus. Everybody's just ready to go. So can't wait for this thing to start tomorrow night. How impressed are you at Jeffrey Lurie for once again identifying the right talent as a coach? If you look at these playoffs, you have Andy Reid and you yeah. have Doug Peterson and now you have Nick Sariani. How impressive has it been? You can throw out Chip Kelly. How impressive <laughs> well, you know, has it been? Every, every, single, every single coach Jeff, uh, Jeff Lurie has hired Made the has reached the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So whatever it is, he knows how to identify leadership and, and excellent strategists and people who are going to put a good coaching staff around him. So, yeah, I mean, he's got a, he's got a great eye for that. And dating back to, to the very first time he hired Ray Rhodes. So, I That's mean, right. I, I, 
I mean, I can't uh, all the way through. Um, it's been extremely impressive, and it's just a terrific organization. Eagles are an outstanding football team and should be for, for many years to come with all the draft assets and just the pieces they have in place. We'll have William Thomas on the show later to talk about that time, too. Dave, I hope it's a great atmosphere tomorrow night down there. Can't wait to see your coverage. Thanks so much for always giving us some time to break it down and make us feel better about it all. Can you ask William Thomas about this commercial that's on TV? It's for, like, a sports store in Philadelphia, and they show Willie T, like, out in the parking lot dancing. Oh, we're going to have to try and follow up yeah, with them on it's that called one. Shibe, it's called Shibe Sports. It's like a, a memorabilia shop in Philly. And uh, every time I see it, I just crack up laughing because I'm not sure Willie T intended for that to be in a commercial. Oh, we'll have to find that out, whether either on yeah. the air or off the air. We'll have to find that one out for you. We'll get you an answer, Dave. <laughs> All right, please do. Have a good one, man. Take it please easy. Please do, and then let's, 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 do, let's do it next week. Sounds good to me. Look forward to All it. All right, guys. Take Thanks. it easy, man. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right, go, Birds. All right, so Dave's confident. Yeah. I, I, you said, you like, he, you said, like, they're not great. And all of a sudden he was like, wait a second. Yeah, he was on fire today. <laughs> Don't dare question what's well, going you know, on. You here. know, people, the one thing about Dave is he is a straight shooter. He's been on this show when, when the sky was falling, and he said when the sky was falling. He's been on this show when he said, everything's going to be all right. And he was one of the first people this when that whole Nick Sirianni press conference happened. I think there were a lot of people in the city who were sitting there going, ooh, he ain't the right guy for the job. And Dave came on the show, what was it, the next week? And and said, no, these guys are going to run through a wall for him. This guy's going to be successful, and they have been. And you made now, the- whether they're successful in the playoffs, we're about to see. I I don't know how you can, can say or the Eagles can say that they can't, they're not going to be worried about it's his throwing shoulder. Look, and I, was, I don't understand how he's not on the injury report, and I don't understand how Lane Johnson's you, not on the injury You know report. that I – I know that you don't like when I talk the gambling aspect of it, but the lines mm-hmm. can tell you something, okay? Yeah. When they played five weeks ago at MetLife, it was the Eagles plus seven – or minus seven and a half or minus eight and a half. Right. The, the line this weekend is minus seven and a half, and the Eagles are at home. That tells me that the big vetters in Vegas don't think that Jalen Hurts is totally healthy. Because if he was totally healthy, well, nobody's totally, then you get totally the home field advantage. I know, but if yeah. he was healthy enough, you get that home field advantage additional points. And the line's higher at maybe 10 points, really? 11 but points. But in, in a playoff a playoff game with divisional opponents, yeah. rivals, I, under- I don't think you can make the line much higher than that. I understand. I, I think you're right in it's that. It's more than a touchdown. I, I just think that Vegas doesn't believe he's healthy. And you and I have talked about it. Nick Sirianni's talked more about players' health since Jalen Hurts had this injury. Then he talked about well, any that's other what player's I w- health. I ever. don't understand that. Like if he I were never co- commented, you have to disclose certain things. I get it. I don't understand a coach who then starts talking about how the guy's a trooper because he went out there and he was hurt much more. That's what players do. Defensive players look to lay a hit. It's not. They're not cheap hits. They're hard hits. There is a difference. And if so, if somebody's got a weakness, you're not going to not hit it. Right, so why would you? The Giants know that he's got a shoulder issue. Saying that it was in any way inhibiting him, which is what what I took out of what Sirianni was saying, is it's just going to make him more of a target if it's possible. I still, I just can't picture if if I'm the Eagles running a bunch of plays where he's running up the middle. It just doesn't make sense to me because if you risk him getting hurt, Gardner Minshew comes in this game, Giants win. 
Look, the Eagles do things that don't make sense. All I mean, the time, I still, so. th- I still think that I, everybody's saying don't worry about it. I still think that you Eagles fans need to worry about it because I do think. You know, that, I was feeling better. Dave came on. Yeah, what well, you, it's my why job. Why are you being Debbie Downer well, this week? William on the show Thomas for me. will come on in a little bit and he'll make you feel better again. Yeah, we'll so get to at all least that the middle bit. part Can, of the show should be a little bit of of let's balance this because I do actually, think Daniel Jones has come into his own. Can we talk about your parenting for a moment? Really? Yeah. You're going to talk about my parenting? Yeah, your parenting. Um, you believe that you have not been as successful in terms of rooting interests for your son and have been trying to come up with a wager. Look, I, I love the kid, but it is a disappointment that he's an Eagles fan. Um, no, he's doing the right thing. It's a disappointment <laughs> that you're not an Eagles fan. So it's all about perspective, Jeff. Yeah. But um, you guys have been trying to work out a wager um, yeah, we don't have one. Yet. I don't think and you I'm have one. About the error, this, been, what, what, no, no, no. because his suggestion was so ridiculous. I wasn't going to air the happen. details yeah. of it, but I admire your son's effort in a wager for what he's trying to put up there. Of course, I I just want to put that out there. I'm he very impressed. He grew up and fits into the city really well. Yeah, he does just mm-hmm. fine. He's trying to milk it for all it's yeah. worth. Um, so will you be texting him during the game? Will you be responding to me? Or are you going to go dark like when you watch Michigan? <laughs> if the Giants are winning, then sure. You're yeah, you're <laughs> not, definitely, I'm not. It's funny. You've become that what? more. You used to respond no matter what's going on in any game. What? Now, all of a sudden, if your team's losing, you, like, turtle up. Well, it's like, come on. No, no. To be fair, I have never been the gloater. No, okay. you're not the gloater, but you yeah. will respond during a game. If your team's losing, you don't even respond anymore. It's like yeah, I don't think you're getting a response from me. No, I'm not getting. You're just not. Well, maybe you just no. don't like me. Is no, that, is that what it's about? no. I just want to watch the game. Can we get back to um, what we started the show with? Your age What's that? and feeling older. Why would you like to feel uh, a little bit older about yourself? <laughs> all eight Thanks. starting. That's quarterbacks, what I want on a Friday. Afternoon. All eight starting quarterbacks this weekend are younger were, than me. Were born in the '90s, Jeff. Okay. How does that make you feel? Uh, wait, so were they all born after Tom Brady became a pro? No, no. I think 94 is um, the the you know, earliest year for the player. But, I mean, you got some matchups this weekend. Well, wait, so Tom Brady was in the NFL before. But he's not in the game. This no, no. My point is is that all the quarterbacks that are remaining. Yes. Oh, they, they were all born before they Tom were Brady, all yes. Born after Tom Brady had already started in the NFL. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. No. You good try though. So you got the Doug versus Andy game, KC against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh that game last week, um, you'll have to explain the employment of Brandon Staley to me, who was never apparently at risk. Brandon Staley last year literally elected not to make the playoffs. All they had to do well, this year, he kind of elected not to no, make the playoffs. Too, no, the they, they made the playoffs the this year, or not to advance in yeah, the playoffs. But the last year, all he had to do is just accept a tie, right? And he chose not to do it, and they didn't make the playoffs. He is no, he has just in his short time in the NFL, he has shown nothing but incompetence when it comes to making a good decision. And so this year, he's up twenty-seven to nothing. They are talking how brilliant his defensive schemes are. Four interceptions in the first half. What was it? Three of them by Asante Samuel Jr. And then somehow they can't score more than three points in the second half. And the same quarterback who threw four interceptions in the second half looks like he is Tom Brady. And even though they had a 20-point lead, and he they doesn't passed get 75% of the time in the second half. They didn't run the ball or run the clock off. I, I, don't, I don't understand other than to explain it as the Spanos family and the people that have run the Chargers have run them into the ground for decades. Do you think that Jacksonville has a chance in KC this no, weekend? No, come on. 
Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter. So the Since, happy story for yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, you can do, you can do your Cinderella story all you want. Maybe pull out Bill Murray clip of saying it. There is no Cinderella story. Bengals at one. the Bills this weekend. I expect Demar Hamlin to be out on that field there. I don't know. I don't know. I but, but I do, I do think that. the Bengals are going to win this game. I I don't know. They're without two of their off starting offensive line. I know, so but I'm the, not sure the about thing that. about Josh Allen is Josh Allen so reminds me of Brett Favre. Oh, yeah, he throws a and, lot of interceptions. And, and, and you can't do it when you're facing a quarterback that's as efficient and as, as good as Joe Burrow is. And by the way, you could have all five offensive linemen out because last year Joe Burrow made it to the Super Bowl with no offensive line. <laughs> they were There was five trash cans up the middle, <laughs> and somehow he was able to do it. He's got great receivers. He's got a great running back. He has a great offense, and, and he's just – Poised beyond belief, even though he still looks like he's 11 years Cowboys, old. Cowboys, Niners, what do you think is going to happen with that one? See, this, this is, I have a hard time with this one because obje- object, I just can't be objective. You just don't you want, just the, want Cowboys to to the Cowboys to win. Right, but I do, I do think that the 49ers are the better team. They have a great defense, and their offense, they have so many versatile weapons. Bringing in McCaffrey was, on top of having Debo Samuel, I mean, I just can't picture a better off group of offensive weapons than the 49ers Yeah, have. Dave thinks I was nervous this week. If the Eagles win and the Niners win, so he, <laughs> he's still so not going to be able to talk <laughs> on the radio next week. So he, <laughs> here, here's my question to you, though, about Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Yes. Brock Purdy was the last person taken in the draft. And by the way, that doesn't mean you're the worst player no. in the draft because there's you're only a certain drafted. number of run. Right. But did you see Trey Lance's tweet this week? Yeah. He's so, so the 49ers front office person leaves and goes to the Titans. And his tweet seems to suggest he's going to Titans. Please somehow get me out of there. If you're the 49ers, I send him out. I get another. So so you're that confident in this small sample size that Brock Purdy is the guy. No, I'm not. But Lance is coming off a severe injury. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you have with him. And if he doesn't want to be there, go get more assets. That's how I would look at it. No, I don't think that. They may be sold on Purdy. It's only a couple games. You've barely seen him do a couple things. It doesn't seem like they're sold on any of their quarterbacks. They're not sold on Garoppolo. They're not sold on Purdy. They're not sold on on, on other ones. So. Is Shanahan the best offensive mind in the game right now? One of. Yeah, I mean. Who's I mean, better? I don't know. Why do you Maybe ask me Andy questions Reed? on the air? I think Andy Reid now has the second most. If he wins this weekend, I think he has the second most playoff wins ever. You made a good point to Spadaro, though. I mean, almost half of the Thanks. coaches in the in, remaining in the playoffs are on the Andy Reid uh, tree or hired by Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah, and it's just you know crazy how that. And that somehow works Chip out. Kelly's doing well in college. Um, I don't know if you saw, by the way, there is a chance that the Eagles play abroad next year. Um, they play the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know they have another game. The Chiefs play in Germany next year. There's games in London again as well. So we'll see whether they end up traveling next year. The hardest sports road trip to Germany? Sure. Come on, we go. Mm-hmm. See the Chiefs play the Eagles? You can in, go. In Germany? Yeah, come on. Sure. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm done. All right, cool. Um, hey, you know what? You know what's less than a month away now? What? Pitchers and catchers report. Oh. Yeah. February 16th is here. I'm so excited. Uh, the, the, so we actually saw some speaking this week from people. Dombrowski spoke about the health of Bryce Harper. And Aaron Nola. And Aaron, it sounds like they want to extend Aaron Nola. Well, yeah, they the want to. The question is whether or not you're going to do it. I mean, oh. I know this is our little interlude between, <laughs> between Spadaro and William Thomas, but let's just talk a little baseball for a second here because 
The Phillies have done a lot. Um, it's interesting. Forget the Phillies, though. I was listening to more and more talk of the rules. Oh, yeah. And I I think I'm more excited about the rule changes <laughs> than I am about the game because I think this is going to change the game dramatically this year. Like they Are you going to be disappointed if it doesn't? Because I agree with you that it will. Well, they, I, I was listening to Tom Verducci yesterday, and he was talking about the rate of inside pitches thrown to left-handed hitters because there's nothing you can do about it. If they pull it to that side and there's three guys in the infield and one guy half in the outfield, and you can throw them out from right field. And you can't do that because it's not just that you have to keep two infielders on each side of the second base. They're not allowed to step on the grass. So it's going to make a huge difference. But to me, the biggest one is a 15-second rule, is that they have to be in the batter's box and go. They're going to have to figure out how to change their gloves faster. And if you want to talk get off my lawn, (laughs) every veteran player is going to complain for the first month or so of the season about how they can't do this. It's not fair. Yeah, the young players are used to it. Well, I I heard – did you hear what Anthony Rizzo said? Anthony Rizzo was talking about the last month of the season, and he said that he hates the last month of the season because that's when they bring up all the young guys, and the young guys, young pitchers are used to the pitch clock. So they work a whole lot lot faster faster than the guys that are veterans that haven't been through this. Yeah, it's very interesting when when you hear the players talk. Um, Before we get to our William Thomas interview, we have a couple more minutes before we hit the break and bring him on. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to talk a little Sixers. Did you stay up last night? No. Late games. Mm Mm-hmm. The West Coast games. Are. With with little kids waking up early, it's so much harder to stay you, So So your games. boy, Maxie, is back. Yeah. and But he's coming off the bench. It's working uh, right now. So my question to you is, is that going to be the plan for the rest of the season? Is Melton going to now be in and Maxie's going to come off the bench so that there is less overlap between him and Horton? Because you're right, it is working. But is Maxie going to be okay with that? I would still like. Uh, well, I think Maxi will be okay with whatever role he's given. Okay. I, I think will of all he be the, okay with that beyond the season. I, 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 that's a different question, right? And I don't think it'll be that way behind, beyond the season because I don't know whether Harden will be here and I don't know what it is. But for this season, because Harden's going back to Houston, I, I I think that it's a better role. What I don't <laughs> like is I still don't like when they take both Embiid and Harden off the court. I'd like to see some staggering of them with the other rotations a little bit more. You get this second unit. I know it played well last night with Montrez Harrell, mm-hmm. but sometimes they give up these big leads and, and they go on these teams go on runs. And it's just like last night they were up by 26 points. And then the next thing you know, you turn around and they're up 11. Yeah, but the, but the thing about that is when a team gets far behind and then goes on the run, they run they ultimately run out of gas. So you're basically let, get, letting them get punch drunk when they Look, do that. My question is about P.J. Tucker, because last night P.J. Tucker had zero points and zero shots. And a technical and, foul. And a technical foul. And, and only here's my biggest concern with him. Somehow everybody says this is working and that P.J. Tucker is a plus. How does your, your power forward only have two rebounds? I'd like to point out P.J. That's the part P. I don't P.J. Tucker understand. was not in the game in the last five minutes. Tyrese Maxey was. Well, yeah, because they could foul him. But that's what I'm saying. Right. So he's mixing and matching these rotations. I don't know what he's going to do yet. All I, I mean, P.J. Tucker had the best plus-minus on the team yesterday. 
All I know is they're 29 and 16 now. They've won 17 of 21. They're 4 and 0 on a five-game West Coast. Are they tied for trip. second place now? They're tied for second place in the East with, with the, Bucks. the Bucks. Only the Celtics, Nuggets, and Grizzlies have more wins, and they've lost just six games since the start of December. And Joel Embiid is not the favorite for the MVP again. And it doesn't seem like anybody's excited about what's going on. No. Am I reading it wrong? Are pe- do people not believe that this team this is, can this win, is what, or is it show me after you reach the second round? That, now? Well, this is what's happened. Is the Sixers have set out set up the second round exit, so nobody cares until they get to the second round, and the, and they they lost sight of that. And by the way, the other problem with it, this team is they're not charismatic. They're not particularly likable. You can say what you want. Some about of the guys them. are okay. Maxi is likable. But the team is, a, in general, people may like the players the way they play. Joel Embiid, how many times have we said that he's he said like just dumb things about the city, that the city wants him traded? He said that, what, a month and a half ago? Yeah, he has pity parties every He does. It, Did you see him he, take on Akeem Olajuwon this week? Well, Akeem Olajuwon made a comment about him. Yeah. So, but, but, and then you have James Harden. James Harden is maybe a great basketball player. He's not likable. No. He is not somebody. That, but he's a he's a rental player, right? But but so that's part of the problem. You have a history now of a half a decade of second round and out, and and you have this group of players that and they remember they started off what one in four, so it started off on a with a bad taste in people's mouths, and and people have not recovered regardless how good they are, and the fact is you look at the Celtics is unless this if the Sixers stand pat with what they have now, they're very good. They're not getting past the Celtics. I still doubt that they're getting past the Bucks. And then you look at the West, and I don't know who's getting past the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are uh, – what Jokic is doing out there is just insane. They're going to get lots of chances. According to Tankathon, I know you love when I find these stats. What is Tankathon? Um, they have the number one toughest schedule for the rest of the season. They play the Celtics three times, the Nets three times, the Nuggets twice, the Bucks twice, the Cavs twice, Wait, and the, the Grizzlies the once. The Nets right now. Well, the Nets, the Nets are a disaster now with Durant out. And, and ben, ben, ben Simmons, Simmons has more. Ejected. He has more ejections than he has three-point attempts on the season. He, you know, it, it, was, it was comical, though. For Kyrie Irving to talk about Ben Simmons' maturity. <laughs> uh, they, they, could there be any person more hypocritical talking about how somebody needs to be mature? It was so silly, the two technicals he got, too. Like, In seconds. With yeah, each other. and then like he just walked off. I'm so glad. I mean, he barely speaks. How could he speak enough that he got two technicals? Jeff, we got a minute before we, we head to the break. What's your, your comfort level with this team? In terms of the Which Sixers, one? the Sixers right now, None. like, like you don't, you're not, no. you're kind of show me something at this point. And you're somebody who's gone to games in the past. It's, I'm checked out. I, I just, I don't see them because they're not likable. Because, because they're, they don't seem to be able to get over that hump. Because you look at the ro- way this roster is, is kept. If they don't make a move, and I don't know what move they could even make. Unless they do something Sounds drastic. Sounds like they're going to trade like a Jaden Springer or okay. a freaking Corkmon. And what does that get you? It just gets you somebody who's going to be the 10th guy who may or may not be somebody that's played in the playoffs. That's the thing. P.J. P- Tucker is is Ben Simmons light. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there and head to break. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk to William Thomas and get back to football. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. 
They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. All right, Jeff, let's keep the football talk going here. Uh, Game is tomorrow night. You know how excited I am. So thanks for helping get an Eagles great. William Thomas joins us on the line to talk some football. William, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, We're excited. Playoff football here. I am too. Playoff football here. Do you still get excited when the playoffs come around now? Your your blood get going? Oh, yeah. I uh, watch football all year round. Whenever the time is... uh... Are you able to, to sit there and, and just be a fan at this point, or do you still long for getting out there and, and hitting somebody? Oh, no more hitting, man. <laughs> but I tell you what, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the game, so I look at it from that aspect, too. How does that change the way that you watch football games now that you call it when, when you see games? And, I, I mean, I assume it's a little bit different officiating the playoffs or, or bowl games like that for you. What's different there? Yeah, well, you know, you look at you look at the uh, some of the holding calls and some of the plays that are that are some fouls that are called. You say, oh man, well, I might have missed that one, or that was a good get. You know, I look at it that way a lot now because I'm, you know, I'm trying to get to that point to uh, make it to the NFL. So that's uh, that's how I see the game now. All right. So when when you look at the game now and you in the job that you're doing now do you were there were there calls that were made when you were a player that now you sit there and say that you disagreed with then that you now sit there and say oh you know what the ref was right <laughs> <laughs> no because sometimes i did i ran through and got held a few times never got calls i'm like ah man whatever <laughs> so you just keep on moving um but you know the the, uh, the rough and the pass calls are, are real tight now. It's, it's, it's tight, man. Yeah, well, we'll get there in a second. But before the, I'm bringing this up for one specific reason, if you don't know. Now, if 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 I'm right in your couple years after being with the Eagles, you were on the Raiders team. Oh, yeah. You were on the Raiders oh, yeah, team with the see. <laughs> 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 so so now looking at that you were if you could tell us a little bit where were you and what was your reaction when when the tuck rule got uh decision got made. Well I'll tell you what, you know, being an official looking cuz I'm 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 in a developmental pro- program for the NFL. So I when I talk to the guys, I know why they did it. But, you know, it's still like, oh well, you know, it happened, but still, it was a fumble. <laughs> to this day, it was a fumble. Did you but, see when? You know, it's nothing. Go ahead. Did you see when Charles Woodson basically got Tom Brady to admit it in that thirty for thirty that they did? No, no, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I was told about it. Yeah, so Brady's holding the ball and Woodson knocks it out of his hand, and Brady goes fumble real fast, oh, yeah. and Woodson points to him and he goes gotcha, and Brady's like, no, 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 that wasn't a fumble. <laughs> fumble. <laughs> it was, you, you'd, you'd like it, and it'll probably infuriate you all at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that, you know, that that unfortunate for us at that time, it was a rule that needed to be changed, and then the next year it was changed. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, well, you you also you also mentioned the the way the quarterbacks are treated today. It, it seems like 
guys that played in your era could almost it would be impossible for you to play today because the things that you have to do not only you have to pull you're in the middle of running at them and in a split second you have to pull back and then if you don't pull back you have a situation where you could hit them and if you land on them wrong even if it's not intentional that is a penalty how, how do yep. defensive players that are as fast and as strong as they are how are they expect i understand protecting the quarterback but at some point doesn't there have to be some leveling here to make sure that the guys that are trying to tackle them, they're not trying to injure them, but they can't stop like mid-fly as they're going towards the quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the next phase they have to get to. It's like, okay, you know, if you, you can tell when a guy's really trying to flop on a guy and as opposed to when he's, you know, he's like, oh, I'm just tackling him and getting him down. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's very thin line there, you know. It's, it's tough. But when the guy's actually, you know, the, the big 330-pounder really just pops on the guy, that's, 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 that's huge, you know. And some guys do it with the intent of hurting someone. You played in one of the more fun games for me to watch as a fan growing up at the Vet, the playoff game in 95 against Detroit. I, I actually look back, I didn't realize, <laughs> yeah. and remember, you had an interception return for a touchdown. What was it like to play before the Philly fans and the Vet and the playoffs and that rabid fan base? Well, that fan base was, you know, hey, you know, they were they were down for their team. And I'm not saying that the fans today are not down for their team. It's just it was just different because how rowdy they were. I mean, at any point in the game, you see the game within the game was up in the 700 level where you see guys rolling down the bleachers. <laughs> you know, so like, okay, up oh, there it is. There's the fight that uh, we've been waiting for the whole game because it's, it's going to happen if the if the opposite team jersey is up in the stands. That's just the way it happened. So, so are you guys? You guys are in the middle of a game. Are are, are you guys oh, yeah. looking up in the stands, looking for action up there? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, here he comes. There it is. You know, it's up there. There they go. And, <laughs> sure enough, there's a fight happening up there, guys. They're really rolling down the the, the, the stands up there. It was wild. Tell us about you. You said you're somebody that still watches lots of football. What have you seen out of the Giants and the Eagles? And then, what do you expect to see tomorrow night here in Philly? I'll tell you what, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a divisional opponent, so you know they're going to come out fighting. They're not going to just give the game up to us. we got to go out there and take it, and we got to make them quit. But um, what I see, I see Daniel Jones is making a lot of plays with his feet, and that scares me because a quarterback that can run and make things happen with his feet is, is, is dangerous. Yeah, well, and, you know, because you know, we got to worry about guys be covering guys, but then the guy takes off and runs. It's, it's tough. Well, you know, it seems to me that Jason's particularly worried about the defensive side of the ball. And when I when I look at the, the Vikings defense that the Giants just played and the Eagles defense, while the Eagles have better personnel, it seems like they run a very similar type of soft zone defense. Is, is that something that concerns you as an Eagle, that, that they're running the soft zone de- defense and now the Giants are, are moving Daniel Jones around and kind of using him in the same way that the Eagles were using Jalen Hurts before he got injured? Yeah, sometimes it does because I, you know me. I mean, I, the, some of the uh, the defenses I was involved in, um, we 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 came after guys. We, we we got after them a little bit, even when we did have guys like Reggie White and and Clyde Simmons out there rushing the passer. We still brought one guy to make it make it tougher, you know. So you know when we when you sit back, sometimes you know things happen where the team gets more more time to throw the football or 
the quarterback takes off and runs. But you know, it is what it is. We're we're successful. We're we're leading the league in sacks, so that that's still saying something, you know. If if you're a, a defensive mind going into this game, do you try to get after Daniel Jones and rattle him? He still is a young quarterback who hasn't been in this situation a lot. You, you get up early, that crowd will you know can drive people kind of crazy. What's your approach if you're a defensive coordinator or a defensive mind going into this game against a quarterback that has the potential to get outside the pocket and run a little bit? Well, well, first things first, we got to get him into a, you know, the um, the third and long situations where we can actually go after him, you know, and 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 and, and pin our pin our ears back and go get the quarterback. And that's when we, you know, that's when we make things happen, and that's when the guys can really take off and go get him because we we got a great pass rush, and when we have a chance to get out there, miss it's over. Yeah, but that's only if you can. That's only if you can contain him in the pocket. What if Daniel Daniel Jones doesn't seem to be running up the middle? He seems to be finding outside lanes. Is that something mm-hmm. that the Eagles? Do you think the Eagles are going to be able to contain and be disciplined enough to keep him in the pocket, or do you think that the Giants are going to be able to exploit that? Well, the thing is, you got you know you got to be disciplined on your rush lanes for one, and you know the guys up the middle got to keep the keep the way you can't step up into the pocket and the guys come from the outside, got to keep it contained. It's, it's a matter of everyone got to be disciplined when they're out there rushing the quarterback. And when we bring an extra guy, you know, we can't just take it. Sometimes it's hard to be disciplined that way. You see that inside cut, oh, I can get inside and make it, but then he'll see it and run outside. So that, that hurts you sometimes. But I think if the guys go out there and control their rush lanes and you can run some stunts, I think they're really going to get home. But the first thing is we got to get them in uh, – in, in third and long. If you were if you were playing today, would do you would you enjoy the way that the offenses are run today, or would you find it more difficult because there's so many quarterbacks that are now versatile enough to run? In addition, just pull down the ball whenever they have a problem, and just run. Now you know better than that. I have a field day today. <laughs> <laughs> I would have a field day. Not that I listen. And many times they throw the ball 50, 60 times. I would I would have to break a record for interceptions or something. Yeah, you get to pin your ears back. They, you know, that defense, they'd have sent you on blitzes oh, yeah. with Ray Rhodes and, and those defenses. They'd have gotten after. I try to explain to Jeff that. But you know me, I wanted the ball. I, I tell the big guys, you guys go get the sacks. Let me let them uh, throw the ball and rush, rush the pass so I can so I can get the interception. I want the interception. Well, and look, you're somebody who got the credit for those interceptions. You made the Pro Bowl twice. Got to ask, uh, what do you think of the new Pro Bowl rules? You going to get in on flag football? We were basically playing flag football then. <laughs> what, what, I would remember running down on the kickoff. I was running full speed, about to go knock somebody. I said, "Hey, there's a guy on the AFC side." I said, "Hey, slow down. What are you doing?" <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all you have to do is tell me once. <laughs> so the, yeah. the first yeah. time, the first time you go to a Pro Bowl, I got to imagine you're you're excited. You're around all of these other Pro Bowlers. You want to impress right. all the all, all these these great players that you're now part of. It, it, other than the slowdown, or is there anybody else that's sitting there and like pulling you aside and say, "Hey, by the way, we don't uh, play this we, game." <laughs> we, I, I, we, right. we know you like oh, yeah. to hit, but but today's not the day to do it. <laughs> Today is not today. We're in Hawaii, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, watching the playoffs, that obviously they expanded it. Jeff and I joked about the super wild card. We saw a comeback last week in the Jaguars game with Doug Peterson. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
your thoughts on what you saw there, the the collapse of the Chargers, and the lead up to now Doug versus Andy and the Chiefs versus the Jags is the lean into the Eagles tomorrow. Well, I tell you what, um, that game was like, man, like all those interceptions in the first first quarter. He's like, man, this is what's what's happening here. And you just thought the game was over, but when they scored at halftime, he's like, okay, wait a minute. There's a possibility here because they seemed like they had a little momentum going. And then, sure enough, they came back in the second half and scored again. And that's, that's when you know the game was a game. And with these two teams now, they both know each other because they all, all the coaches all the coaches were together, right? So you should know – everyone should know the defense and everyone should know the offense. So we'll see who knows each other better. All right. all right. Well, but before we get let you go and let you get to your prediction, because we hear the drum line behind you. Um, yeah, I'm at a I'm at a, a pep rally. <laughs> <laughs> um, if if you're on the Chargers team, they're up 27 to nothing. What is it? How yeah. how helpless do you feel as a player if you see that the coaches are not calling either get too tight on offense or get too loose on defense, and you're just a player trying to do your job? Well, I can't really say that they were too tight or too loose. I just think that the Jaguars just woke up. They woke up and started playing. Once they got that touchdown before half, I think they really woke up and said, okay, now all we got to do is go out and, and try to do the same thing in the second half. Because if you, you think about it, all the points really came off a lot of the turnovers that the Jaguars had in the first in the first half. So, you know, after that was after they stopped all the turnovers, they started playing football. All right, so before we let you go, tomorrow night, Giants-Eagles, what's your prediction? Um, I think we're going to come out and do what we're supposed to do. we got to guard and, and jump on them right away, and I think we'll get – we'll, we'll, we'll win the game by 14 points. Oh, that would make me feel very happy. I, uh, thank you for yeah. that prediction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Book it. <laughs> Book it. William Thomas, go enjoy the pep rally. Enjoy the game tomorrow night, and uh, thank you so much for the time. Take care of yourself. Oh, no problem, guys. Thank you. Take care. <clears throat> Jeff, it's interesting when you, you get the perspective now of somebody who was the player now turned the ref to be a- able to ask him about some of those questions from the tuck rule to landing on players. That's a great find by you that he was in the tuck rule game. It, you know, I, I saw an interview last week by one of the Raiders. None of them, none of them on the Raiders have ever forgotten that game, and none of them believe... <laughs> That that is not a fumble. They believe it's it, a fumble. It, you know, it, it, and it, and it reminded me of the same thing, and I didn't realize it as much, but after Franco Harris passed, they were talking about the Immaculate Reception a lot and how many players from that Raiders team still believe that all sorts of things happen yeah. that, that should make it not a touchdown, that somehow, even though there's no video evidence to the contrary, that, that supposedly the ball touched the ground, that there, there were all these things that they're convinced of, and, and then generations later, you have the Raiders again in one of the more controversial plays where that group of Raiders now has to live with, we got screwed. It just seems to be there's a common theme I love, among the Raiders. I love his answer. I wanted the ball. <laughs> I wanted the ball. <laughs> and he did. I mean, he was a ball hawk. Well, 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 I mean, the thing about William Thomas is is that when he, people don't remember, when he played, linebackers back then were, you know, I think of, you know, granted I'm older than you, but I think of the Jack Lamberts and the Steel Curtain, those type of hard-hitting 
linebackers that weren't particularly fast. See, I think Wait, of the junior Seau's and the right, like but, that but, generation. But, but William Thomas fits more of that generation. So yeah. where there were a lot of in the in the 70s, especially in the 80s, you had a lot of linebackers that weren't guys that were also kind of safeties. William Thomas could play today, and, and you know I kind of knew what his answer was. <laughs> he was he he loved to get the ball. He's one of these guys that's in the 2020 club, which is he had I think 37 sacks and 27 interceptions in his career. He was one of those guys who could drop back in coverage and cover guys. And meanwhile, and he's he sitting could on, play today. Meanwhile, he's sitting on the bench looking at the 700 level for the Vice. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, he wasn't sitting. He could have been standing there during a timeout in a huddle, right? Just like look it up for it. I, I love but, when we get those stories from players. Well, of yeah, the things because you don't you, know about. Well, because you think about it, like you think of players being so focused on the game once they're in the game, and then you realize <laughs> they're in a play, playoff games, and they're like going, "Okay, hey, you know, we're bored here for a second. Let's look up and see who's rolling down the aisle fighting." It's amazing. You know, it's got to be an interesting journey for him trying to become an NFL official now. He said Mm -hmm. he's going through the school. You talked about the roughing the passer in particular. Um, As somebody who played the game now, officiating the game, no, he he clearly looks at it differently. I mean, he said that. He watches the game differently Mm -hmm. as as an official more than a player, it sounds like. Well, of course, and you also have, you know, when you're playing the game, you have a bias. Your way is the right way. The other team's way is the wrong way. As a ref, you're now forced to... Look at things objectively. Yeah, he didn't admit that he committed any penalties when you asked no. him. <laughs> he still said he got held a lot. But it, but it, but it is different. This rule about how you're not—I mean, you're barely allowed to touch the quarterback. I get wanting to protect them, make sure nobody hits them in the head. Perfect. Make sure nobody drives them into the turf. I got it. But it just seems like there—there there was a penalty last week. I think it was where the guy didn't even land on him. He—he he put his arms around him just yep. as he threw the ball. Went to the ground, but leaned off to the side, and so he didn't put his it. weight on him, and it looked like he was actually kind of trying to protect him. But remember, these guys are two hundred and fifty pounds plus, moving towards a guy at full speed, and the second that ball comes out of their hand, they're supposed to recognize that and somehow stop, stop right there on yeah. a dime. Now, granted, I don't move half as fast. By the way, not literally stop running. There. Like, literally stop. Stop, right. stop your movement mm-hmm. at that point. It's just, it's an impossible standard. I get what Physics they're trying. Physics says it can't happen. I get what they're trying to do with keeping them healthy. Look, I only hope that the football this weekend is half as good as some of the games we had last weekend. You know, it's funny. I have not looked at the the Chiefs-Jaguars game the way that you did as being the, the former Super Bowl coaches of the Eagles. Yeah. It, it's it's and 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 you know you look back what would have happened if I would have said to you the year that Donovan McNabb was drafted by Andy Reid remember that was the year that Doug Peterson started, started the season for, for, that that if I would have said you know by the way Doug Peterson may not end up being the best quarterback on this team but someday he's going to lead a team to a Super Bowl and now he's going to lead a team from being the worst team in the league to the playoffs in the next yeah, I probably wouldn't have believed it. And look, people in the NFL didn't believe it. He didn't have his choice of jobs last year. Like the Jag, he didn't have all of I didn't think he was going to get the Jaguars job. It looked like, I thought Byron Leftwich, who now is unemployed, was going to get that job. Yeah. You know, he he was a legacy guy from, from the Jaguars, was kind of on the up and coming, you know, list of assistant coaches. Somehow he didn't get the job for whatever reason. And now he, along with eight of his colleagues, are unemployed. Yeah. Well, I am very much looking forward to the football that is a, this weekend. By the way, how bizarre is that? Tampa Bay has now decided Tom Brady looks like he's going. I don't think there's anything they can do. You don't to think he's going to go someplace with Sean Payton? 
Are they finally going to end up together? No. Well, if you're him, he's already been... Remember, Gronk did an interview, before, I think it was before the season, talking about how Tom Brady basically had a deal to go to the Raiders. Oh, no, not Gronk said it. It's what Dana White, I think, so, said. I thought it was to the Dolphins. No, no. That there was that was the tampering thing because because of Ross. Uh, Stephen Ross is a Michigan guy, and Brady's okay. are... And they, he you got penalized. The Michigan news. Right. But it, then, then, it, then it was that he was going to go to the Raiders, and Dana White said that there was basically a deal for him to go to the Raiders, which makes sense because, look, I hate the Raiders. But if you look at the Raiders, yeah, they need more pieces on defense. They need a quarterback. That's it. They, they have a number one receiver in Devontae Adams. A running they have back. A, Jacobs as a running back. Yeah. Brady is going to be, what, 46 years old at, w- at that Waller point? Waller at tight end. And, yeah, and, and you have Josh McDaniels, who he worked with and thrives, thrived under, and he can go there and he can run an offense he already knows. It's a warm weather thing. He's not going to a cold weather team again. So, well, hey, Jets fans, you're not getting Tom Brady. When, when we have more time on a future show, you're going to have to explain to me how Brandon Staley is still employed. I, we don't have, I could, it'll be very quick. I have no idea. Any final thoughts before we get to some playoff football this weekend? Uh, Giants 23 to 20. Really? Yeah. Nah, I don't think so. I think the Eagles win by seven to 10, but I think it's closer than people think for a lot of the game. That's going to be it. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.